Hello, and welcome to Sunday Devotionals with John and Rachel. We're so honored to have you join us as we explore God's truth and get to know Him in a more authentic and intimate way. As we go through life, many of us have questions, concerns, and issues that may hinder us from fully embracing who God is and who He's called us to be. These devotionals are designed to help us navigate life and all that comes with it, learning and growing in God. So pull up a chair and grab a cup of coffee, or in my case, tea, and join us as we fellowship. Today, we are going to talk about intercession, intercessory prayer. The concept of intercession can be defined as basically standing in the gap or praying on the behalf of someone or something. This is probably one of the most unselfish prayers that you can pray, going to God on behalf of someone else for something. And this something may not have anything to do with you personally, right? And the reason why this is one of the most important types of prayer is because we are, quote unquote, standing in the gap for someone who does not either have the strength to pray for themselves or know what to do. So we've all experienced this. And as we were saying in this series, you know, in the very beginning, it's important to have a relationship with God's character, with his word, in order to give you the confidence to pray for somebody else. And it's a little deeper than putting yourself in their shoes. It's more so putting on their burden. Is putting on their grief, is putting on their pain, and then bringing that to God for them. Many of us will have prayer partners or people who we are connected to that will help us to be able to get to God. There's an idea and there's a safety that comes from someone or being connected to someone who has an understanding of what it truly means to carry somebody's burdens to God. So intercession is more than just standing in the gap and putting yourself in somebody else's shoes but it's deeper than that. It's an understanding of God's character and God's will for God to do whatever God wills to do in that individual's life. Now, there are various examples. And if you look in the Bible, in the Old Testament and New Testament, there are a myriad of examples of what intercession looks like. There's one particular one that I felt led to kind of share with us today. So if we can go to Numbers chapter 14. So this is in the Old Testament. Okay. Numbers 14, starting at uh, the 10th verse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and it says, All the people began talking about killing Joshua and Caleb with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared over the meeting tent where all of the people could see it. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, How long will these people continue to turn against me? They show that they don't trust me or believe in my power, in spite of the many miracles I've done among them. I will kill them all with a terrible sickness. I will destroy them and I will use you to make another nation. Your nation will be greater and stronger than these people. Then Moses said to the, to the Lord, if you do that, the Egyptians will hear about it. They know that you used your great power to bring your people out of Egypt. The Egyptians have already told the people in Canaan about it. They already know you are the Lord. They know that you are with your people. They know that the people saw you. Those people know about the special cloud. They know you use the cloud to lead your people during the day. And they know that the cloud becomes a fire to lead your people at night. So you must not kill these people now. If you kill them, all the nations who have heard about your power will say, the Lord was not able to bring them into the land he promised them. 
So he killed them in the desert. So now, Lord, show your strength. Show it the way you said you would. You said the Lord is slow to become angry. He is full of great love. He forgives those who are guilty and break the law, but he also punishes those who are guilty. He punishes them and he also punishes their children, their grandchildren, and even their great-grandchildren for those bad things. Now show your great love to these people. Forgive their sins. Forgive them the way you have been forgiving them since the time they left Egypt until now. The Lord answered, yes, I will forgive the people as you asked. Okay. This is Moses talking to God because God is basically upset because after all he's done for the children of Israel, he's now about to have them go into a new place of this promised land that he's given them. And they see obstacles, they see giants, they see all these things that would make them feel like this is another thing that God is having us go through that is not worth it. And they begin to complain. Now, God gets upset because at this point, God is saying, okay, listen, all you got to do is think back to all the things that I've done for you, all the stuff that I have done for you, all the ways that I've made. Y'all were slaves and I set you free and I killed all your enemies. And now I'm planning on bringing you into your own place, but I'm trying to show you my character along the way and you're complaining. Now, the problem with this situation is the people had gotten their mind like, listen, Okay, the majority says that we can't do this. Joshua and Caleb have said that we can do this. So why don't we just go ahead and stone them and get rid of them so that we don't have to go through this anymore, right? And God gets very upset to the point that he's like, you know what? The only person that's gonna get ready to go see this promised land is you, Moses. And since I picked these people and they, after all I've done for them, they're not listening. They don't believe me. They don't trust me. They don't think that I'm God. I don't know what else I have to do to prove myself to them. So you know what? Let them all get sick and let them all die. And I'm going to pick some new people and I'm going to use you to help lead them to where I want to bring. Moses is like, God, no, please hold on, hold, hold everything, God. Because at the end of the day, you know, your track record has really been good. And even though the people that you're using to show your love to don't really see it, the people who are outside of them can see it. And he basically starts telling God God's reputation. And he basically starts telling God who he is. And he starts speaking on behalf of the enemy's perception. So he starts praying to God, not necessarily for the people, but he starts praying to God on behalf of God's reputation in the earth outside of those people. Now this gives us a beautiful concept of what the heart of intercession is. That a lot of times, you know, when we're praying or we're standing in the gap for something or we are trusting God on the behalf of something, we could be tempted to think that it's just about that particular problem. And I love the way Moses prayed here in this piece here because he reminds God of God's character. And this is why it's so important that even when we're praying and when we're standing in the gap for someone, it's an opportunity to remind God of who he is in the hearing of those who may doubt God. The whole idea of intercession is really a form of worshiping God. And it's really a form of revealing who God really is at the heart of it. So Moses basically saying, God, if you end this plan right now, all of the work that was done to get people to know who you are, will be washed, right? So God, remember what you said and remember who you are. And this is when Moses' relationship with God 
is used as a tool to remind not only God, but him of God's mercy. Because the truth is, Moses is attached to these people too. So the power of this whole intercession thing is Moses is reminding God of his great love. Moses is reminding God and basically making God bigger in this situation. Let's bring it to our day and bring it to situations that we are praying about. We said in the beginning, intercession is not necessarily just standing in the gap for somebody, but it's taking on their burden. It's taking on their pain. It's taking on their grief, right? And bringing that to God and toiling with that for them. How many of us can relate to the times where, you know, you didn't know what to pray? You didn't even know how to pray. And even in this series right now, and us God teaching us how to pray, teaching us to pray, this is a form of intercession in that many of times we are praying, even with the prayer wall and things like that, we are depending on one another to pray where we can't pray or to trust God where we can't trust God. Jesus's life is a beautiful example of what intercession is. Standing in the gap, there's an understanding of the love and grace of God, that if an intercessor does not stand in the gap and help us to understand the passion of God's love, many people won't really see God for who he is. This is the beauty of your relationship with God being bigger than you and being more than you. This is why it's important to not hide your light under a bushel or to not be ashamed to pray for people. Because at the end of the day, God has entrusted you with the ability to relay his love in various ways. And one of the ways that we do that is being willing to take on other people's burdens and suffer with them when they're going through and not allowing our burdens to minimize that. I think you say something. No, I was going to tell you finish your thought. Okay. But I, I just wanted to add, because <clears throat> sometimes when you intercede, the person doesn't even know you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You, you can intercede and it, it doesn't even have to just be a person. I mean, you know, in some cases you're interceding for a nation or for a people or a particular group of people. You know, when we were praying for the Christians in Afghanistan, we were interceding on their behalf. Uh, and, and sometimes a, a person or a people may be in sin and completely lost yep. and have no clue that they're being interceded for. But, you know, you still... You know, it it behooves us to to still proceed with doing it, even though they don't know. You know, it's one thing to intercede for somebody to come to you and say, please pray for me with this situation. And you intercede for them. But sometimes that doesn't happen. And they're not grateful. They're not even they they wouldn't be a people to even be grateful. I think about uh, Abraham, how he interceded for Sodom. Mm -hmm. And Sodom was a wicked place, Mm -hmm. you know, where all kinds of stuff was going on. And, you know, God was telling Abraham, I'm about to destroy this city. And Abraham said, God, please, if there are 50 righteous, spare the city. And he goes down the line. If there are 30, if there are 20, if there, and he goes all the way down to what, uh, five or one. I can't remember exactly how many, but, and God didn't end up not sparing the city. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that also brings to the point that sometimes when you intercede, you may not get the outcome that you would desire or expect from interceding. So intercession doesn't necessarily uh, ensure that you'll get the the outcome or the result that you think you should be getting, but your job is to just intercede 
And in that intercession, something else may come out of it. Mm -hmm. Lot and Abraham's family were saved, but the city was doomed for destruction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we whether we get the results we want, whether the person is appreciative or the people are, or whether they even know, you know, our job is still to intercede because we feel a burden to do that mm -hmm. for whatever reason. And sometimes God puts that burden in us and yeah. we don't even know why we're interceding. Right. Like, why, why would I pray for, like, I don't even know them or mm -hmm. I have no vested interest in this. Mm -hmm. Like, why would I pray for this? But if God puts the burden inside of you, you know, he's praying through you mm -hmm. for, for what he desires. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that, and that's a good example of, of, interceding and then the consequence happens anyway, right? Because at the end of the day, and like you said, sometimes people don't understand the gravity of the situation that they're in. And I'm trying to think of a, a, another real, I mean, you're the analogy queen. So the times that I felt, I think the most burdened about things um, was in situations where the person doesn't understand the gravity of the danger that they're facing. Right. or they don't understand the magnitude of God's love. So they're living all kinds of ways and just missing out on the privilege of knowing God and understanding his love for them. So this example here, after Moses says what he says, God says, all right, I'm going to forgive them. But because they continue to do this and they still don't trust me, they're not going to see the promised land. So there are consequences sometimes. However, the ones who doubt it are not going to see because they don't believe anyway. But those who are coming behind them, because of the intercession and standing in the gap, there's still an opportunity for them, right? And I think that's a that was a beautiful example. And even if, with, with if, that. Yeah. if anything, that just shows the difference between, and we've been saying this from the beginning that you know the 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 difference is praying in God's will, right? And praying God's will because that determines what ultimately happens, the outcome of anything, any prayer. With this, these were God's people. Yeah. And God was using them to show the rest of the nations, the rest of the world mm -hmm. at that time, and, and even now, his mighty hand. Right. So it wasn't even about the Israelites because you know they didn't believe and, and they had unbelief, then that's still a sin. But it was because God wanted to, to use them mm -hmm. to show his hand yeah. that they were spared and, and the intercession went that way versus Sodom, which was a wicked people where, you know, God's judgment was displayed. Mm -hmm. This, you know, you, you out of, out of pocket right now. This is, this is what's going to happen when, you know, you're unrepentant and you don't, and there was really mm -hmm. no, I don't want to say there was no need for them because I mean, you know, God, but they got them. into a place where it was kind of like, they don't want to do right. They, they don't want to do right. And it's, and it becomes content. It starts to contaminate other people's like it starts to leak out and become bad for more than just them. Right. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, the beauty about this and the beauty about God's character is he is rich in mercy, which means God's default position is not anger. God's default position is mercy. Like God wants to have mercy. The heart of intercession it really leans on God's mercy and that character of God of desiring all of us to come into right relationship with him and experience this mercy that will cause us to turn our lives around, right? So in those situations, like you said, understanding what God's will is, is paramount to us understanding 
the power of intercession and being okay with when things don't necessarily work out according to how we thought they would be. The ultimate goal is God's will. So thankfully, Moses stands in the gap. And there are various examples. Like we said, Jesus is the best example of what it means to have a lifestyle of intercession, right? The whole purpose of Jesus coming here on earth was to intercede for us. Basically, bridge the gap between God and man. And as we said before, in the garden, man fell. Sin was introduced into the world, separated us from God. They had to do all these sacrifices and stuff throughout the years to cover sin, but we still were not in right relationship with God. So that's why believing in Christ Jesus, who died on the cross for our sins, that makes you in right connection with God. But notice the intercessory life that Jesus lived is it led him to die. So it led him to take on all of our burdens, all of our sins, all of our griefs, everything. And just, and you look at Jesus' life when we read the scriptures and stuff, and it's very easy to kind of look at it and be like, yeah, well, he worked these miracles, and and yeah, he walked on water, he he fed the 5,000. You know, they, when they tried to kill him, they couldn't. He was walking through people. It's an amazing aspect of it on the outside. But can we just think about how much he was actually going through on the inside? How much he was actually suffering on the inside? When the burdens of sin weren't just put on him on the cross, he was living amongst those who were hurting and burdened and seeking God. Remember, um, you know, shortest verse in the Bible, in some way Jesus wept. Like there was a grief. The Bible says in Isaiah 53 that he was, he was a man of sorrows and he was acquainted with grief. That means he was always in a sense of sorrow for what he was feeling, being on the earth, feeling how separated we were from God, feeling how we didn't understand God's love. We didn't understand the gravity that God loved us so much that he's walking among us now. Like, just think about that passion. So when you think about intercession, there's that putting on of the burden. There's, it's not just coming in their shoes and just trying on their shoes for a couple of days. It's actually being willing to suffer with them and to go through with them and even to die with them. When that means being willing to go as low as possible with that person in hopes of leaning on God for God to work on their behalf, right? So I hope a picture of intercession is really being painted that is more so than just, oh, just pray, pray with me, please, or just putting on that burden and praying God's will for them, like putting on God's heart for them, putting on God's passion for them. Colossians 1.24, and this is a, this is a scripture that uh, kind of confirms what we're, what we're saying here. And it says, uh, this is easy to read Bible, and this is Paul talking. He says, I am happy in my sufferings for you. There is much that Christ must still suffer, and I gladly accept my part of those things in my body for the good of his body, the church. I am happy in my sufferings for you. This goes back to that unselfishness, right? Intercessory prayer causes us to suffer for other people. It causes us to put on other people's suffering so that we might be their strength in their time of need. So it's not just putting on their shoes and then you know, take them off after we leave. There's a grace that God has to give us and the Holy Spirit moving through us to be able to really be effective in this type of prayer. That Paul was in a place where he's like, 
Listen, I'm so committed to you guys getting to know the Lord. I'm so committed to you understanding God's love that I'm happy to suffer for you. This is crazy unselfishness there. Like we have our own suffering, but you know, for me to put myself in a situation where God's heart is being displayed through me, that I will be willing to be happy to suffer for you because there is much that Christ still must suffer. And I wrestled with that. And I'm like, well, you know, Christ suffered already. But even as the church is being persecuted now, and even in our society now where things are being, you know, grayed and freedoms are being challenged and people are being forced to do things that go against their faith. That's Christ suffering because we're suffering. But being able to take a stand and risk your things being cut off because you're not complying because your faith is more important to you than societal rules and societal norms. Now you're suffering, not just for your sake, but you're suffering for the witness of Christ. And I gladly accept my part of those sufferings in my body. So the times that our hearts are aching because of other people. Oh, we're feeling heavy and burdened down because of the pains of other people. See, that, that intercession is a powerful motivator. And it moves beyond just sympathy. Because yes. I think, you know, a, a, a lot of times we can be sympathetic to a situation or a person, and it will cause us to be like, oh, God, please help them. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, that's just so whack. God, help them. That's it. Intercession goes a little deeper than that. It's not right. just a, a, a sort of sympathetic tone towards it. It's it's like you said, sort of stepping into it. And it's, it's not in your own strength. I think that's what's important to mm-hmm. reiterate or drive home, rather, that when you're interceding, it's not in your own strength or your own power or even your own knowledge. Like it's a spiritual thing where the spirit of God is working through you to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, not to make it like spooky or super complicated or, I mean, because, you know, we, we, we do it oftentimes and may not even realize we're doing it, but mm-hmm. th- it, it's something that comes over you. It, it's a greater compassion, like you said, that you mm-hmm. put on and the spirit is praying through you rather to intercede because you wouldn't even know what to say anyway. Mm-hmm. So, And like you're saying, the fact that it's not produced or coming from you in your own strength, there is a letting go that we must do. There's a putting down of, that we must do in order for God to flow through us to be able to do that. Because an intercessor is not praying their heart for the person. They're praying God's heart for the person. Right. I think sometimes in intercessory prayer or intercession in general is something that I think some people sort of, I don't want to say don't care about, mm-hmm. but they may not understand or realize the importance of it. One of the two commandments that Jesus says that, give, that he gives us, he says, love the Lord your God, right? Mm-hmm. And then the second one is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're interceding, it's that love, God's love, right? For his creation or whoever you're interceding for that comes into play. That's all we're here for is to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. So the importance of intercession is underrated. Mm -hmm. And really that's where it comes from. It comes from God's love for his creation. So taking on that love and letting that, uh, that love operate through us, that's really our purpose. 
And in the same sense, you would want somebody interceding for your behalf and you don't know if somebody is. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's because it, again, and I hate to say this and generalize society because there's always, you know, the good and bad. But I think overall, there is a general tone of selfishness and self-centeredness mm -hmm. that we all, if we're not, we all suffer with. Whereas the what about me syndrome, yeah. that's good. I understand they're going through, but what about me? Like, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I got this to worry about. I didn't get this. I didn't have this growing up as a child. But I mean, why, why would I spend as much time interceding for some somebody else when I myself need it? But Mm -hmm. that, that it's, it's that symbiotic flow we are called to that I pray for you and you pray for me, right? But, you know, if, if we're thinking of ourselves, mm -hmm. then there's no way we're going to be effective intercessors. And I mean, ultimately, that's what we're called to do because we're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. And just as much as you need to hear from God, every single human being living on this earth is one encounter away from having their whole life changed. God loves the world that he gave his only son. So there's a, there is a, a earnest desire for God to have a connection with every single human being that has ever walked this earth. And it's not just limited to us. So in that, God just wants some people who are willing to let go of themselves and to really be a vessel for him to really speak through. So when you think about praying in the spirit and what that means um, and understanding that, I would liken it to a level of um, earnest openness to God. And when we say earnest openness to God, that is uh, purging ourselves of selfishness, purging ourselves of our own ideas of how things should be, and even our own concept of what we think God should be doing, and really making ourselves avail available to be a vessel that God will use so that his purpose and his heart can be heard through our prayers. Intercession is not about you praying what you think. It's about you allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you, to be there through you, to stand in the gap through you, to give you the strength to bear other people's burdens. It's him doing it through you. But the backbone of it is your relationship with the Lord, your personal understanding, how you're growing to understand God's character is what pushes these prayers through and helps other people to come along. If we start putting other people's needs before ours, God will take care of ours. I promise you, God will take care of us if we put ourselves down and focus on being who he called us to be for everybody else, that he might get the glory through our lives. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you and we, we praise you for this day. We thank you for your faithfulness, your kindness, your goodness. We thank you. We thank you, Lord, for how gracious you've been to us and just how good you've been to us, despite us. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that you have given us to come before you and to pray. What a privilege and honor it is to have a conversation whenever we want to with the creator of the universe. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for what you have taught us in this series and what you have uh, dropped in our hearts today about how important it is for us to be intercessors, how important it is for us to bear each other's burdens and to 
stand in the gap for one another. Lord, we pray, God, that even the things that we may not have said, that, that the Holy Spirit would reveal those things and speak to us and shine a light on our hearts that we might grow in this area. And Lord, that we know that this area is not as popular because a lot of times when we come to you, uh, our needs are in the forefront and what we want is in the forefront. But we're praying, Lord, that you would help us to be more unselfish. And we pray that you would help us to see ourselves as instruments and tools in your hand and blessings to other people first. And you promise that if we seek you first in your righteousness, that all these other things will be added unto us. This is our prayer, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if we confess with our mouth and believe with our heart, we shall be saved. Pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I recognize and acknowledge that I am a sinner in need of your grace. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn away from my sins and ask you to forgive me and save me. I make you Lord of my life. If you made this life-changing decision, welcome to the family. We want to know about it. Connect with us online at www.thelifehouseministries.org or by downloading the LifeHouse app. We love you all and pray God continues to bless and keep you.